I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the hive for season five of the, the Connor, Connor and Smith Show. Exciting night. Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, congratulations to the KC Chiefs. That's the Kennedy Center Chiefs, right? Congratulations to the Kennedy Center Chiefs. I love a hometown win. The whole evening looked like Christmas on a big giant... Yeah, because green and red. The, yeah. The outfits. Yeah, and it just kept changing, almost like a tree. Yeah, and then Rihanna. That was a, a great halftime show. Um... I loved all of it. I Somebody on Twitter said, so wait, the people in white are the sperm, right? I don't know if that's true. But I do think her wearing red, she knew. Yeah. She knew that they were going to win. Oh, she dressed the color. You're right. Yeah, she knew that they were going to win. That's so fascinating. There's so much going on in the world today, my friends. We have shot down the fourth unidentified uh, object and we don't know what's happening and nobody's saying anything although our airspace here tonight in washington dc is busy is busy we every time we go outside it's like what is going on are there like people just flying around there it sounds like fighter jets are being circulated around the dc airspace can't confirm that but there's that's definitely not passenger planes it's it's fighter jets and speaking about uh, another exciting announcement. Yeah. On our podcast. Yes. Right now. Yes. We are going to talk to. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were going to talk about Find Your Light. Oh, okay. Because we didn't talk about that since it happened. Okay, yo, we can talk about it. Oh, so Find Your Light happened uh, a week ago. It was a beautiful evening. Yeah, yeah. And for any of our Patreon family members, we are working on uh, some selections and things from the night. That to... you can watch. Yeah, so support us on Patreon. That's only for you. That's only for the Patreon people, uh, Connor and Smith. You can find us on Patreon. Thank you to all of our supporters who are going to see it, and you're not going to want to miss it. It was an incredible sold-out evening. Very lovely. But now to our guest, the incomparable Meredith Long. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. In 1985, Tyler was meeting Justin at their favorite arcade, Longshot. Just as Justin was about to confess his love for Tyler, the world changed. Blending elements of 1980s pop culture and LGBTQIA fiction, we journey through this incredible experience that brings them closer together as they fight against a world trying to keep them apart. Listen to Longshot on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hi, Meredith. I uh, I am sitting here with my husband and co-host, Matt Connor. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, how are you? Oh, my God. Who cares? <laughs> I care. We are also joined by our producer, Ryan Dean Halbrook, also a Shenandoah alum. Hi, Meredith. Hi. hi how are you doing? Well, and yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. Wonderful. Wait, you're in New Orleans? I probably threw up in the street by your house one time. <laughs> yeah, that's usually what people um, do when they come so visit. You've been in, in New Orleans since when? 2004. Say again, sir. 2004. 2004. So how many, uh, how many hurricanes have you been through? 
a few. Katrina was the biggest. It happened right after I moved here. Lots of fun. But that's um, why I probably stayed here, too, to rebuild. And rebuild wow. the theater well, community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll... We'll get to that. Where are you originally from? Jersey. I'm from New Jersey. Born Wait. and raised at Jersey Shore. Were you, were you just recently in New Jersey? Not recently. Okay. Recently. Maybe December. that's the reason I thought you had moved. Nope. Um, so nope. You, just visiting. My families are still there. Oh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So when you were growing up, were you that kid in school that was already knew that you were well on your way to be an actress? <laughs> Both my parents were PE teachers, um, very athletic, um, and they tried to get me into, you know, a lot of sports and, you know, some I kind of enjoyed. Um, but uh, one time during, you know, some a winter swim team, I got a really bad sinus infection, so they wanted to do something, and I was very shy. I was around 12 years old, and they put me into theater, and um, I never looked back. Um, and that's where I really just took off right around 12 years old and um, started doing community theater and performing um, all the time. It was, my, it was my safe place. It was my place to get away, and I loved it. So, How did you find um, SU? Uh, well, my high school uh, choir teacher, um, I think her name, Michelle Aber recommended it, and my theater teacher and director, Joy Romero, she recommended it. I looked at Wagner College, but um, I got a scholarship to Shenandoah, and that was like, ooh, I got a scholarship. So, um, And I really loved the campus of Shenandoah. Like I, I visited Manhattan School of Music and Manus School of Music and Wagner. But when I hit Shenandoah's campus, I was just like, this is home. This is where I want to be. I loved the leaves. I loved the campus. I just, I, it just felt right. It felt right for me. Yeah. You know, I, I know that we've been back there since our experience and it doesn't quite feel, have you been back? I've driven through when I've come from Louisiana, we've gone up and we've stopped and checked it out and it's huge now yeah. and quite different. And I've actually, you know, have sent, you know, some kids to audition and do summer stock and stuff. And it's, uh, it's very different. It's very different, but I, I guess, you know, difference is good, right? At times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it's just, a, you know, not anything. It's a business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, so let's see. I'm trying to place. I was out. I was out back last night with a glass of Chardonnay, mm -hmm. and I said, "You guys, I think Meredith and Arlene. I think it was like a Alpha Side Welcome Back show or something. I remember them singing that crazy duet from Chess. Yeah." I yeah. think it was Nobody's on Nobody's Side song. Oh, God. And okay. I remember kind of my eyes being like, oh, my God, what is happening? And I think <laughs> it was you and Arlene. Does that bring back any memories at all? We would sing lots of duets together. Um, we also looked quite a bit alike. Um, yeah, so, but I, I, I don't exactly remember singing that, but I must have. Um, 
Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, of course, when I was there in the '90s, the belt uh, for a female was not exactly uh, purely embraced yet. Yeah, but we did it. We were we were trailblazers, I think, at, at Shenandoah, the rock music theater people. And yeah, belting was and doing it the right way and the healthy way. I hope. Um, it, I mean, Arlene's voice was like butter. Um, and I, yeah, we, belting was our, our, our thing. Although my voice teacher, Dr. Og really wanted me to go, uh, be a full on soprano coloratura and she would do lots of runs with me, which I'm glad she did because my voice is very loud and heavy and, um, big and, 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 and everything I did in New York afterwards was all belting. So I'm, I'm glad I had that training from Shenandoah that um, I, I, I think kept it healthy. <laughs> what were some of your favorite shows and experiences at SU as a performer? Um, well, I did Into the Woods and I played Rapunzel, that my only ingenue. Um, I did play in Fiorello. Um, I think we did uh, The World Goes Round. Um, I forget what else, but I mean, all great experiences. Um, you know, I wanted to do um, Mrs. Levitt and Sweeney Todd. Uh, I didn't get that. Lee got it. Darn her. <laughs> uh, but that was a great experience doing that show. Um, but yeah, every experience was fun and I learned something from it, something different. Wait, I think we were in Fiorello together. Yes, I don't know. I, I played the lead and I can't remember what the lead's name was. <laughs> I remember I, I remember Kathy Voiko singing, I think I love a cop. Yeah, I remember Kathy in it. And I um, don't remember who was Fiorello. Was it Brian? Yeah, it was Brian Goss, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes my love interest yeah <laughs> well we've often talked a lot on this podcast about um how all of us had to do so much and at the time it felt kind of like oh my god i gotta be I gotta crew the dance concert i gotta go to this chapel thing on monday at 11 and but all of that rounded education really prepared us for so much beyond performing oh yeah you know, even even the costuming and you know different things we had to do. I'm I'm sure m most programs probably do that, but uh, you know thinking that you're going to be in uh, the the studio doing acting the entire time, it really was such a rounded experience. Yeah, and I my work study was in the costume shop with Celia. So I mean, and I still use that today. I'm constantly sewing, especially down here in New Orleans where everything's a festival and you have to put something together. Um, and I'm also a theater teacher. So, um, now, so I'm always sewing and I wish I, I wish I paid attention a little bit more in lighting and sound class. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I, I, I know how to use my, my tools. So yeah, it was, yeah. It was good. It's, it's, it's so interesting how many of the things that I was like, I don't care. I'm never going to be on stage crew yeah. like, <laughs> that, that I, I didn't want to learn. But then in, the, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I kind of have a general knowledge of this. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just saying with Karen Keating on her podcast, I was like, oh my God, I'm so thankful that I paid attention in music theory because I mean, I had to teach piano lessons in Zoom in order to like survive the pandemic. And I had to use all of my theory skills. Oh, theory. <laughs> I hated theory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just struggled with that one. Um, I'm glad I had it, <laughs> but boy, I was bad. <laughs> I don't know how I got both. through. I don't know how I got through. Um, yeah, I definitely use uh, lighting and sound and costuming. And when I have to, you know, my theory and stuff like that, um, it's a little rusty, but yeah. <laughs> Did you ever do the SSMT? Oh yeah, yeah, I did, I think, three seasons of that and it was great i mean we worked around the clock and it was so much fun um i mean it was it was an awesome experience it taught me a lot so yeah. then after su you decide to do what i moved to new york um i lived in new york from 95 until 2003 and i was lucky enough to work i did like five national tours um, and I worked on Disney Cruise Line and I did regional work all over um, and I I planned to live there for the rest of my life, never get married, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, I loved it and then 9-11 hit for us and kind of put a few things in perspective for me. Um, I, uh, you know, after five or six tours, uh, I started thinking I, I wanted something different. And I was auditioning for Broadway shows at that time and, and doing well. But I was just like, is uh, I, I wasn't sure if that's what I wanted anymore. Right. Um, and I reconnected with my best friend from college, Ford Deeth. Um, He graduated. Did you remember Ford? Yes, I love mm -hmm. Ford. Yes. Well, Ford uh, was a music major and then went into marketing. Um, and then and then he went into uh, special education and teaching. But uh, we re reconnected after 9-11 and um, I was on tour uh, with Just So Stories, it was called. And um, we were just talking. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take a break and come down to New Orleans and see what it's all about. And we started dating after being best friends and then we got engaged and I just kind of got sucked in down here and um, stayed. And then. Is that where he's from? Yes. He's, he's born and raised New Orleans boy. And he was willing to come back up to New York, but I was like, Oh, we'll stay here. And then Katrina hit and he had, we had a house here and it flooded nine feet. So we spent, um, the next year, we were either going to sell the house and go to New York or stick it out and rebuild. And um, I decided to stick it out and rebuild. Did you start to feel like between 9-11 and Katrina that you were like a moving target? Yes, I did, actually. <laughs> I was like, from one disaster to another, this is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, I mean, 9-11 was, was a difficult time for me. I, 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 a week before 9-11, I lost my father. And I just, the day before 9-11, turned down going back on the Disney Cruise Line. 
Um, so I was uh, pretty devastated. I was in Jersey City when 9-11 hit. Um, I, I helped. I was on my way into the World Trade Center that day. And then um, and I spent the next six months, you know, a little depressed and just wondering what I was doing with my life. Um, so and that's when you ask some really, really specific questions, you can see Manhattan from Jersey city. Yes. Yes. From my apartment, all I had to do was stick my head out of the uh, three, three story walk up and you could see the trade centers and you could see them when they were on fire. Dane Whitlock was my roommate at the time. He was not there uh, uh, that evening. And then after they fall, you're just looking at the city and seeing like just the just the aftermath and the the buildings missing and like yeah, it was surreal. And um, actually, Ford was the first person who called me when everything happened. Um, I I thought they were attacking us at that point, and. Um, I got in touch with Joe Anderson, who was in Jersey City as well. And that's when we were able to uh, locate Lee. And we ended up walking out of the city. Um, oh, like over a bridge? Yeah, we walked up to Jersey City Heights. And then they had a car up there and we were able to get out of there. And then we helped a guy who escaped from like the 42nd floor. He was covered in soot. It was, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. And it was a lot to process and go through. And um, it, it really changed my life and what I wanted. And did I really want to just spend the rest of my life in New York City? Um, and uh, that's when I reconnected with Ford. And um, I, I did like, one or two more tours. I think uh, I did a show with you. I did Snow Queen with you too, as well. Um, yeah, what year was that? I think that was in like 2003. So that was kind of like I was dating Ford. I was still going back and forth from New York to New Orleans and just trying to figure things out. Um, and uh, I just decided New York was maybe not the place for me at that time. Right. And I, I, I kind of, was like I can be successful in other places and I I did some shows down in New Orleans at uh, Le Petit Theater which is right there in Jackson Square and I fell in love with a theater it's one of the oldest theaters in the country it's um and I did a bunch of shows there and then um and I still stayed uh equity down here um and I just kind of fell in love with the people, um, the community. And then I started teaching theater as well. And I fell in love with teaching theater. I, I never thought that was going to be the thing for me, but I actually felt really creative doing that. Um, I got into teaching talented theater, which is, you know, performing artists, teaching kids in the public school. And, um, that was extremely rewarding. And then um, I moved over to be the director of performing arts at a private school um, for a few years. And then just recently I went back to teaching um, the gifted and talent, talented program in um, public schools. Yes, gifted and talented. 
Mm-hmm. So it's 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 good. Um, my husband, you know, uh, he was he's been bass section leader and continuing to sing down here as well. But he's also been um, the principal and then the headmaster of a private school. And now he's just taken on another position at another school as um, the head of the uh, Christian Brothers Canal Street. So, wow. so he's teaching as well. So. Both well, educators and still and supporting the arts. So let's go back to the Snow Queen. Okay. <laughs> so Lee Shadow was the Snow Queen. Was yes. wasn't Sally Stevens in it? <laughs> yes, she was like the she was like the mom of the two kids. It? Yes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I remember that kid, the boy kid, used to always come to rehearsal with a bag of apples. <laughs> I don't like remember. literally, I think, oh my gosh, is your mom just giving you apples, which is probably a good thing. And then you were in it. I was the I was the character called Stinky. Was that your name? Um, I just remember like your costume with the horns. Do you know when during the run of that show, I was dressing in some little you know closet area, dressing room thing, and um. Uh, Robert Duvall came and knocked on the door. Yes, I remember him coming to visit. Yes. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, And you answered in your underwear. I didn't answer in my underwear, <laughs> but that's how I got most of my ensemble parts. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I remember one time, you know, you know how it is when you're in the business and you're not sure where you fit. You're kind of figuring out, like, I, I don't know if I'm very good and you just doubt yourself and some of your friends have got their equity card, which means they've gotten a, a golden sticker. And some of your friends mm. are non-equity, which you feel like you're just, a, you know, you're not going to make it. And I remember the boy saying to you, mm-hmm. because he had figured out that I was non-equity at the point and that you were equity. And he asked that in the room, mm-hmm. um, well, what's the difference between equity and non-equity? And I could feel like my blood pressure kind of like going up, like, oh my God, I'm gonna look like a big loser in the room. Really? And you and you very beautifully said to him, uh, what's well, basically two different ways of making money in the theater was kind of how you put it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And just the way that you said that in that moment, I just loved you even more because you know, it wasn't about having a card or not having a card. And of course, we know how all that, you know, is now. But, you know, when you're when you're going through that process, you keep thinking to yourself, I, I, I've, I've got 24 points before my card. Of course, now I think you only need 10. Yeah. And who knows at this point? I, <laughs> that's a whole other story. But yeah. Yeah. The um, the equity card. Well, I, I did go back to work with Tom. Mm-hmm. I was the one of the first. I was the first director to kind of help him put together his meatball show. Oh yeah, you know he did it down here. Did he? Mm-hmm. Because I worked um, at Southern Repertory Theater, um, which is no longer here, and um, I set it up that he did his show um, at Southern Rep, which was it was great. It was so nice, and um, it's he, a tremendous it was- journey. I know it was beautiful and I got to see him right before COVID and he talked to my students and it was a great trip. It was great. I loved the show. 
Well, we went. I went back driving to Middleburg from Arlington, where I live, and of course, going back to all of those places and be like, "Wow, this is the theater where we did Snow Queen," and <laughs> it, it was just so crazy. I know. Um, and do you remember when we're like, "Snow Queen is going to go to Broadway"? Yeah, people. Were and like, I was like, "Yes, okay, I'll get that Broadway credit, and we're good. Yes, this is golden." <laughs> and then Tom's like, "I'm really not sure if I want to bring it to Broadway." I was like, "Damn you, Tom Spritzer!" No. I was very upset. I was very upset with him. Yeah. And I think that's how I think that's how we should start our interview with Tyra. <laughs> um so in New Orleans, mm-hmm. have you been to all of the places that New Orleans is? For instance, we watch American horror. Yeah. Yeah. And there was one show set with what is it, Stephen? The the woman who like that killed people or Madame La Yuri. Madame La Yuri. La Yuri. Do you know where her house is? Mm, no, there's a lot, and that's where Ford is really good. Yeah, he, he knows everything. I've been to Anne Rice's house. You have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No big deal. Um, it was very nice. It, it's now like very ritzy apartments, and this woman who owned it um, owns a winery, so it was it was it was nice. I I love the park there. Uh, is it Louis Armstrong Park? Uh huh. There's quite a few, and there's City Park, which is gorgeous. I mean, it's New Orleans and theater have an interesting relationship. Um, there's theaters here. Uh, they're not, there's not an equity theater here, but they do have equity contracts at times, although it's been a little difficult lately. Um, but the problem with New Orleans is that there's constantly some sort of festival and show. So everything's a show here. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. Like Mardi Gras is, is, is a production itself. Right. It'd, it'd be kind of like trying to mount... Uh, mm-hmm some sort of like you know straight play of uh, odd couple in vegas yeah it's that's that so right now i mean there are shows going on right now there's color purple that's down at la petite and um i think there's another show at rivertown but i mean mardi gras is just about is is starting to go into full swing and we'll just there there will be no theater until after mardi gras is over with um right yeah uh and then they start with Jazz Fest, and we have Jazz Fest and all that. Um, but, I mean, there are theater companies here. The big thing that's down here that's that's uh, newish, not that newish, but the film. The film down here. There's a huge film uh, community down here. So there's lots of movies that are filmed down here, lots of TV shows. Um, and that's gotten me quite a bit of work. More, oh, so nice. than the, more so than the theater. so. And that really started like after Katrina, right? Because people started trying to bring money to New Orleans? Uh, yes, yes. And there's like a film credit thing, you know, if you hire locals and stuff. Um, I've done a few movies. I've done a Lunchables commercial. Um, and I just finished doing um, Disney's uh, Secret of Sulphur Springs, where I play the head of school. And um, that comes out, I think, next month or something. So what is that's the secret of Sulphur Springs. Ah, uh, it's this cool TV show on Disney Plus. Oh wow! And it's about these kids who go through this time warp 
quite thing and it's kind of a murder mystery it's really kind of cute and it's on season three so um i'll be in that first uh i think episode three and season three that comes out maybe next month i don't know but hopefully that will get me some more work yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I I do audition like weekly for films and stuff like that. Um, and that's all that's all taped. So that's easy. I don't have to like go anywhere or anything. I just tape it in the house and send it in. Easy yeah, I guess, I guess COVID really kind of helped that in a way. Yes, it definitely did. Um, and, you know, learning how to do that and film, film your auditions the correct way. Um, but, and, and even I guess with, you know, live theater too, I mean, you can still send your stuff in. Um, it's just not as much going on. It's starting to come back. Tulane Summer Lyric, they'll be doing their stuff. And then for the summer, and then I guess a few other places. But I'm not sure how many are doing equity contracts because of COVID, it's just made it more expensive. For them to hire us and they've been through so much already um during katrina they had a special contract just for um new orleans called the uh, nola contract where you could uh work uh in the city as an equity actor and they took out the health insurance which really helped in the hiring and we like tripled uh the amount of contracts but um Chicago and New York didn't really see eye to eye and they, they canceled that uh, NOLA contract, which I wish they kind of would do for local, um, for cities that are not New York. Yeah. Because you know? it would really help <laughs> put, uh, you know, a pension, help people get their pension. Um, and not most people who are working in other cities have other jobs and they don't really need their health insurance or they're getting it a different way. Um, and that helps you keep your equity card. But um, AEA doesn't see it that way anymore. So I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. Yeah, I wish, I wish, and of course, who am I? I just wish that when you join equity, you then have a voice to decide on, on certain, whether you accept certain things. Like for instance, if I want to go work someplace that there is not an equity stage manager or whatever, but I need money and I need a job, I can go do it. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, they, they've, they've stuck so many rules. It just makes it very difficult for, for um, the producers to hire equity. It's expensive, especially for small community theaters. And that's why we had that NOLA contract, contract that was great. Luther Goins, and John Postick um, both put that together and it was, it was fantastic, but it's no longer that anymore. And it's kind of difficult to get an equity contract in a, on a, in a small town. Right. 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 Yeah. So um, take us through one of, I guess, Katrina. Um, how do you even begin to, what, what was the devastation that you were part of? Was it your house, your job? Um, how do you start to rebuild or re, re even think? Even like, you, first of all, you're you're already having trouble, or you're already competing against all these wonderful festivals as it is. Yeah. And then when yeah. this stuff happens, it shuts down this entire like, you know, little mini economy. Uh, well, the economy, of course. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, our house, we lived uptown at that time, and it was the cutest little house uptown. Um, and our home flooded about 8.5 feet of water. And uh, I remember we did evacuate for, for Katrina. And when we came back about a month and a half later, <laughs> um, we opened the door and there were still like live frogs in the house. Oh my so, God. Yeah, the first two floors flooded. So we spent um, two years rebuilding. Um, we lived in a trailer. We lived in, we lived with his parents for a little while. We lived um, in a little rental until everything was rebuilt. Um, and during that time, you know, uh, Ford was teaching and I just started teaching, but I was also doing, a, um, starting to get really into theater. Um, and that's when they had that contract where I was just working back to back and um, I was getting all, all my pension and, and stuff. So that was great. Um, I did a lot of shows from 2005 until 2010 or 13. Um, from sh we did at the World War II Museum, I did Shine, Shine with uh, Hal Linden. I did Ruthless where I got the Big Easy. Um, best little whorehouse where I played Miss Mona. Um, so it was, it was a good time. And then, um, I, I, we really settled down and I, I had, uh, my, my kids. So I had my son in 2009, Trey, and then I had twin boys, um, at, in 2013. Wow. Yeah. So three boys and they're being very quiet downstairs. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> do they have do they have you and Ford's sort of DNA DNA of creativity? Uh my redhead loves uh, art and he was a little afraid to go on stage uh and now he loves to do my theater camp and my son Trey just did his first little professional production at Jefferson Performing Arts, uh, and he played in Holiday Inn. He played the boy in Holiday Inn, and he got paid. He was very excited about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um, my other one, Kelly, loves to see the shows, and he'll do he'll do some of them my camps as well. So yeah, they they I don't want to push them too much. If they want to do it, they let her do it. it. That's fine with me. So have you kept in touch with uh, so a lot of the SU fam? Oh, yeah, yeah. I talk to Arlene all the time. I talk to Joyce. I talk to Lee. I talk to Dane. Um, there are a few Shenandoah um, people here. We're trying to put together a, like a little group. It's only like three or four or five of us. But <laughs> there's a few Shenandoah. If there's any others listening right now, right. reach out, reach out. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I do. And I'm planning on going to the reunion. Um, is it in April? April 1st? Yes. Yeah. I yeah, we're not sure if we can make it. We haven't really gotten that far, have we, Stephen? God, no. Wait, we, you guys live there. How are you not going to make it? You gotta well, well, here's <laughs> my situation. I, I would just talk for me. I am on salary at a black box theater where in order to make my salary work, I have to check off certain classes and things that are my duty. And yeah. and right now, I know that my Saturdays are filled with a few classes and a show. Um, anyway, there's no one to kind of like replace me. And I don't mean that like in a worldly way. I just mean, I... Yeah. You, you have no understudy. I have no understudy. Yeah. It's like my class. Um, okay. So we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, we, we are like an hour and 15 minutes away. Nice. 
Yeah, like we should probably just have one to come crash at our house, but yeah. Is I it like an that. official thing? What the April first? Yeah. Oh, it's very official. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah. an official. It's official. Like get together. That's going to be like a thing. Like mm -hmm. sponsored by us by Shenandoah. I think it's sponsored by Target. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's sponsored by that Disney show that Meredith was on. Yes, Disney. Yeah, Sulphur Springs. Yes, yes. Or maybe Lunchables. <laughs> hey, you know what? I would like for it to be sponsored by Lunchables because I really enjoy the selection of Lunchables. And sometimes yes. you just need a snack. Do they still come with a little uh, Andy's mint? Yeah. I don't know. It depends. But it you know, depend. that was a good gig. I that was a one day gig, and that paid a lot of money. I was happy about that. I was like, you can ask me many more times if you want me to do a Lunchables commercial. Are there uh, residuals with that, or is that not a no? But it was it was it paid well, and I got that by imp all improv, all improv. I was like, You're I kidding. Didn't word didn't say a word. Yeah, totally. It was great. <laughs> God. Thanks, Lindy's improv class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You still awesome. carry a little bit of Lindy in your pocket? I do. And then like when I started teaching, I really started doing um spolen improvisation. I don't know if you've heard of Viola Spolin, but she's the birth mother of American improv. Uh her son Paul Sills started Second City. And I was lucky enough to go study with um her granddaughter, Aretha Sills, in Wisconsin. And then I got to uh, study with Kathy Henderson, who also does it. And it's all just about grounding yourself and improv through games and getting out of your head. And I love it. And it's what I teach my students. Um, and it really makes a difference. It's made a difference in me as an actress. And I know that is why I got that darn Lunchables commercial. Because <laughs> it's I know. Spoiling? Yeah, it's, it's, you know, there's different methods in acting. You know, Meisner, Stanislavski, we were training Stanislavski at Shenandoah. But um, Viola Spolin's method, I think, is the for a younger actor or someone who just needs to get out of their head and into the space. Um, I just find her method through games, by playing games and getting people just to play and not to pretend to play, and to focus, um, her method is the best for me. I mean, I yeah. like her and stuff, but I always tell my kids, you know what? You do what's best for you. You can do Rasa, you can do whatever you want, but um, you just take a little bit of each. I'm gonna, you know? I'm gonna look that up tonight because I've never come across that. Oh, it's fantastic. And if anybody can take a Spolin class, um, it's it's great. And you can join her groups on, on um, Facebook or whatever. If I I'm thinking about going back up there to Wisconsin to to take her class again. It's just, it's like yoga for the brain. Yeah, yeah. Well, and of course, I love actors and I love watching people transform. But of course, there is sometimes you get to take a class kind of watching that person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's several times when we're watching, like, I'm a huge fan of rewatching Bridesmaids. <laughs> yes. Because some of the work in that movie is like brilliant. And I often think we often talk about like, I wonder how much of this scene was scripted and they are, are you know, how much was improv right there? They just made that up right there because it's so, I, I mean, Kristen Wiig in general. It's so immediate. It's right? so immediate. It's so discovered. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I discovered this right now. 
<laughs> I actually watched that just the other day, the part where they're in the bathroom and they get they get sick. And <laughs> oh my god! And this, and then there's the airplane scene. The airplane where, scene is amazing. Where the woman is on the. I mean, it's just crazy. And you're like, who thinks up this stuff? But it's yeah. brilliant. It's the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I guarantee you they all probably studied Spolin because they're all probably from Second City, and that's Paul Sills. That's his. He he started Second City, so they're all. They, yeah, they studied Spolin. They had to. Yes. Did you get a chance to binge or not binge? But did you get you got to watch Shit's Creek? Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing, right? You like watching mm -hmm. these people? Like, oh my gosh, this is just so brilliant. Mm -hmm. So, um, I have a story of I was in Toronto. Um, and I was doing, I was doing, I was practicing for the Disney Cruise Line and we were in the mall. I think and, I'm going to be mad to be able to continue. And I saw Eugene Levy in there and I was like, <gasps> oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And he was in the candle store with his entire family. I'm like, I have to say something, I have to say something. The candle store? Candle. He was in a candle store. Candle he was in a candle store, store with his, his family. He had, I think he had a daughter. Yeah, and in Canada, they sell camels, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I was thinking I like the cigarettes. In, I know. So I walk into the store and I go, Mr. Levy, Mr. Levy, I just want to know, I just wanted to tell you that I really appreciate your work and I'm an actress and I'm working for Disney right now. So just want to tell you, thank you. I just think you're funny and I loved all your stuff. You know, Best in Show is my favorite. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And then I went and walked away and I tripped and fell going up the escalator the wrong way on my face and his ah. son started to laugh at me. <laughs> Eugene, no, David. Okay. Mm -hmm. oh, David started laughing at me. He Dan. was probably Dan talking. Levy. Yeah. Yep. He oh. whatever. Dan. Dan. Yeah. Sorry. He started laughing at me, and um, you know, I think that's what started his career by watching me <laughs> fall up the escalator. Gave him an idea. <laughs> oh my. That's hysterical. Oh my god! Did you see the movie A Mighty Wind? Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. several years ago. Well, when it, the movie came out, right? When the movie came out, there was an ad for the 930 Club here in D.C. that said, you know, Thursday night, a mighty wind. And I thought, is that them? Are they coming? <laughs> so we went in the entire cast. cast came and performed a show as if they were in character in the mighty wind. And then they all got back on the bus and they left. There was, no there was no breaking of character. Jennifer Coolidge came out and made an announcement at one point because she was not a singer in the film, yeah. but a producer. So she came out and read something badly, you know, like it on purpose badly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, it was insane. Parker Posey, mm -hmm. people, people were yelling, teacher's pet, teacher's pet. And she did not break character. <laughs> they, they were entirely in character. I would have loved to have seen. I saw, well, Jennifer Coolidge actually, I think, has a house down here in New Orleans. And everybody gets invited to her, like, Halloween party, except for me. And I'm like, come on, someone invite me to a party. But they they did a showing of For Your Consideration down here. And I got to meet the cast. But they didn't do any, they didn't do a Mighty Wind production. That would have been cool. Oh, <laughs> that would have been cool. So incredible. And, yeah. and they're really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Most importantly. Yeah. Um, Did you see her in White Lotus? No, we have not seen the White Lotus yet. Oh, my God. You do know funny. that she dies, though. We do know that she dies. 
Oh, gee, see, oh, no one, yeah, don't ruin it for everybody. When she, when she, well, she, she said it at the she, Golden Globes. Yeah, she announced oh. Oh. <laughs> I was like, well, I guess we know what happens at the end of season two. Yeah, 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 she was great. Yeah, yeah. I liked her in season two. I yeah. didn't like her in season one, but yeah. Yeah, I like all of Christopher Guest's stuff. He's brilliant. And he so, probably studied Spolin. <laughs> right. <laughs> So you see, you see New Orleans being pretty much a, a forever home. I don't know um, because my husband um, was head of school. Sometimes jobs change. Uh, we were actually looking at um, positions in Virginia, so we may move. We may. Yeah, we're looking. Anybody looking for a head of school? At a private school, <laughs> that'd be great. Let us know. <laughs> and I'll, you know, do my theater. <laughs> yeah. But well, I'm going to request that on April 1st, if you and Arlene are there together, that we do a little chess. I'm going to uh, have to. Yeah. I haven't sang that in forever. <laughs> Kid, could you imagine? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, it was so great talking to you. Is there anything we want to talk about that's coming up in the future that you want to advertise or follow you on or help um, with tips for the kitchen? That, well, I already told you I was doing the Secret of Sulphur Springs. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, the Meredith Long, and I have my website, themeredithlong.com. Um, uh, other than that, you know, just seeing what, what comes my way and, and rediscovering stuff so i don't know maybe we'll see you there say that again huh maybe yes, we'll see yes, you there yes absolutely i hope to see you all right there. friend i would love to see you it's we great will do our best all right thank great you for having me you too, thank all you right. Bye. Right. bye 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 Thanks so much for talking to us, Meredith. We really appreciate it. Um, I, I hope that our paths cross at some point soon. It would be great to catch up, meet you from my angle. Um, but it was a great conversation. We hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, if you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an ER. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. It really helps us out a lot. Share it where you share things. Post it where you post things. There is a Discord page in which you can go and post pictures or well wishes to your fellow alum. It hasn't had much love lately. Hoping to reinvigorate it soon. Um, we also are on social media under Connor and Smith. Again, Connor with an ER. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Patreon. Again, support us on Patreon if you can. It really helps. It helps produce things like Find Your Light that just happened. Um, we also have another podcast, and I've been remiss to talk about this, but it is called Long Shot. And it, its fourth episode has just dropped... Uh, Andrew Nason is the sound designer, uh, sound creator, editor, extraordinaire, and he has done some incredible work. I do some voice acting work on it, and I write it and direct it. Check out uh, Long Shot Podcast on Spotify or Anchor. It's a lot of fun. It will have eight episodes. Four are there. So check that out. And other than that, uh, Matthew... 
Whew, uh, I, I guess the aliens might be coming soon. We don't know what's happening. No, it really changes priorities. Well, it really feels like the planet and all the countries that oppose each other might have to join up together as a human race if something... We sound crazy, but you all have no idea what the jet circling outside sounds like, and it's really weird. So we hope we're still here next week. If not, um, it doesn't sound threatening. It just sounds constant. Ominous. Yeah, just this constant hum of, of planes in the air. And of course, we live near one of the airports, but usually that's kind of like a passing intermediate, by. like, oh, there goes a plane. Yeah, we're in the shadow of the Pentagon. This is like a circulation that is nonstop. But anyway, we'll find out whenever they tell us something. Yeah. <laughs> Hope that's soon. All right, y'all. Have a good week, and we'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.